Welcome to Real Authors in Real Time podcast, where we explore the world of writing, publishing, and book promotion. Your host, Carmen Renee Berry, co-founder of Berry Powell Press, is a New York Times best-selling author and has been on Oprah and featured in Newsweek. She helps aspiring authors create top-quality books that transform lives. Join Carmen and her guests as they share insights and experiences in publishing and learn how to bring your message to the world. And now, Carmen. We have a really interesting podcast for you today featuring Dr. Diana Glyer, who is an expert in so many areas in terms of writing and publishing and creativity, collaboration, my gosh, the list goes on and on. She is a professor at Azusa Pacific University where she teaches students how to write and she is publishing a series of books with us on the writing process. Welcome to our podcast, Diana. Carmen, it's really, really great to be here. And I'm glad you are. So <laughs> let's start by you telling us a little bit more about your background and uh, how it is that you became so well experienced in this area? Well, thank you for that that good question. Uh, I would start by saying that I've been writing all my life. I remember being a young child and my mother sending me out to play. And instead of going out to play, I'd climb a tree with a book and a notebook. I'd read and I'd write poetry and make up little stories. I don't remember a time before I was writing and writing things and so that's how I really got started, I guess. When I went to college, I became very, very interested in what may seem like a, a funny question, but it was the question of what is it that happens in the mind of a writer, in the experience of a writer, in between the time they get the spark of an idea for a book, for a play, for a poem, and the time that that becomes manifest, becomes real and physical, in the form of a published work. Like what is that mysterious process that writers go through? I became curious to know whether that was the same for all writers, whether other writers had some of the same struggles that I did as a writer. So when I was pursuing my undergraduate and graduate degrees, I spent a lot of time studying the writing process. And I did my PhD specifically in composition studies with an emphasis on the composing process and also how teachers and editors can best intervene in that process to coach writers through the process. And that led me to an interest in how collaboration and working together can really enhance the productivity of writers and my interest in C.S. Lewis and Tolkien as, uh, as writers, particularly how their friendship influence the books that they were working on. So I've been teaching writing for a long time, and I've been working with faculty and a number of different institutions, high school and college level, helping them to do a better job of helping others learn to write. You know, when you say the word composition, I want to yawn. <laughs> <laughs> and when you say that magical process, it's like, yes, that's it. That's what I'm interested in. And and when you look at it that way, it's like, I, I think traditional education has sort of taken all the juice out of writing. You know, it's like, get your paragraphs, da, 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 da. And, and that's so much more than that. It is a magical, mystical experience that you could have an idea and you create a book. 
I love books. They're just like magic boxes. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, and you capture that so well in what you just told us. I think that you're absolutely right when you say that school kind of changes the way we think about it and steals all the magic out of it. And I think that there's a specific reason for that. I have a theory. I don't know if this is true. This doesn't come out of my research. This comes from my gut reaction and my gut thinking and talking with hundreds of writers about their work is that when we're in school, we're told that writing is basically coming up with an idea, figuring out how to express that idea with clarity and grace in the most direct and effective way that we can. And to me, that's what steals the magic. Because almost all of the writers that I talk with will admit to me they don't start with an idea and then write start to finish in a really smooth way, the words magically appearing on the screen or under their pen on the yellow pad. They say they start with a hunch or they start with a question or honestly, a lot of them, they start with a line, maybe just a single line, right? And then they are curious. What awakens in them is not, here is my dogmatic statement. What, what it sparks in them is a curiosity. I wonder who those two people are talking at that little cafe in Paris. I, I wonder what that line might evoke in terms of similar concepts. So it sparks a curiosity to find out more or to learn more. And when you think about writing as a process of discovering rather than a process of conveyance. Here's what I know. Here's what you need to know. All of a sudden, it becomes more fun. Even the process of sitting down at the page becomes more interesting. I remember my mentor in the whole writing process, a fellow named Don Murray, who's written some great books about the writing process. And I remember talking with him one day about a novel that he was working on. And he said, I can't wait to start writing tomorrow morning. And I said, well, well, why is that? Because to be honest, I mean, to be really honest, I hardly ever wake up in the morning excited about writing. It's a, I'm with you on that. It's a discipline, right? And there are a lot of it times is. when it's just you sit down, you get it done. But Don was so excited. I said, why are you excited? He says, well, I've gotten my protagonist to the hospital where he's going to confront his father. And I can't wait to discover what it is they have to say to each other. Mm. So it's that idea of he didn't know what he was going to write until he saw what he said. And this was very much Tolkien's uh, writing process as well. When he was working on The Lord of the Rings, a lot of times people would ask him questions. What's going to happen to Sam? Or are the black writers going to do thus and so? Or who is that stranger there in the pub? And Tolkien would say, I don't know. Give me a few days and I'll find out for you. And (laughs) the story would unfold as he would uh, write it. In the actual process, he'd be making discoveries. And I think that when we approach the writing process that way, it becomes far more of an adventure because we ourselves are accessing not only what we consciously know, but also all of those unconscious bubblings that make something so rich, so particular, and so universal. The creative spark can easily be lost. And I think it's really important the, what the point that you're making here is that 
uh, there is a discovery, a self-discovery, and also uh, a message discovery that goes on while you're writing the, the material. At the same time, a book it needs to speak to the reader. And so it, it can't just be all internal musings or let's see how it works. Would you agree with that, Diana? Oh, I absolutely agree with that. It's hard to find that balance point, though, isn't it? Because if it's too structured and too planned, uh, too formulaic even, then there isn't that fun, that discovery for the writer. And then that's not communicated to the reader. The reader needs to feel like there's something here I haven't heard before. Or I haven't heard that in quite the same way as you're explaining it to me here. Or ooh, that story took a turn that I didn't quite expect, but is deeply satisfying because of its freshness and its newness to me. So there's, there's all of, of that, but there's also the expectations that the reader brings to a page. I mean, Carmen, think just about the topic of genre. If you're going to write a Western and you don't have any horses or cowboy hats, your reader is going to be bitterly disappointed. If you're writing a romance right. and they're, they... There's no uh, romantic spark or romantic dinner. Uh, that's not going to satisfy the reader either. What's important to know is that every genre has built into it a series of universal expectations. And understanding the nature of the kind of thing that's being uh, written, what the expectations are, and then how and when to violate those expectations can be very important. I, I want to make one, oh, maybe a side comment here, maybe to push back a little bit on this idea of trusting inspiration. I think that that can be problematic if it gets out of control, right? So I think that we have to think about just mm -hmm. the discipline of showing up to the page on a regular basis. And I think, as you said, uh, and you said so well, we need to think about writing eventually anyway, in such a way that the reader is really going to be, uh, that their needs and expectations are met. So when we're writing something for publication, we're thinking about what we love, what we're curious about, what questions we have, what we're interested in. But ultimately, we want to reach someone outside ourselves, uh, preferably a fairly large group of folks outside of ourselves. And in order to do that, we need to think about the needs of the reader, not just what am I interested in, what am I curious about, but what are the larger questions that speak to the needs and interests of the people who I hope will be really, really eager to buy my book? Well, we can't forget that we are creating product, ultimately, when we're publishing a book. And this has come home to me now that I've stepped into the publishing role. So we do need to have a, a book that speaks to the reader. Well, Diana, let's turn a little corner here. And why don't you give us an overview of the writing process that you've created? Great. I like to talk about that. That's going to be the subject of the first of the four books that I'm working on that talk about writing books for writers who just really want to get a companion that will go along with them and help them understand some of these steps of the writing process. So when I think about the writing process, I like to compare it to the process of a painter working on a canvas. So when you think about, well, let's, let's do it this way. Imagine, if you will, a painting in a museum, and the painting has a house. There's a stone path leading up to the house. There are some bushes off to the right, a large tree to the left, and behind 
some rolling green hills. If you picture a, a scene like that, I want you to imagine what the painter does as the painter is getting started. A lot of times we picture that painter maybe starting to work on the bird in the tree and getting every feather exactly right on that bird. Actually, that's not what it looks like at all. And in fact, what a disaster would that be if that painter painted feather by feather or leaf by leaf? What the painter does, very, very similar to what the writer does, is they take a pencil and they try to sketch in the larger vision of the landscape. The house will go roughly here. The tree, the trunk will go down to here and it'll extend up to here. Those rolling hills are placed here and so on. Think about that as a pencil sketch. And then once the pencil sketch is in place, then they go in with the layers of color, the blues and the greens and the old wooden house. From there, they might make adjustments in the overall composition and then finally go in with those fine-tuned feathers, and leaves. That's what I think about when I think about the writing process. For some reason, maybe it's school, maybe it's previous experience. For some reason, a lot of writers think that they have to start out with a perfect, polished paragraph of glorious prose. And they don't. They start with the pencil yes. sketch. They start no. with the pencil sketch. So <laughs> I'm working at a, a talk that I'm giving at a church later in the week. And I started my writing of that talk by simply saying, put introduction here, because I don't know what the introduction's going to be yet. And then as I write, I'm pencil sketching. I want a sense of what will be at the beginning, what will be at the middle, what will be the end. This drafting process, right, is very sketchy and it is important. I can't emphasize this enough, Carmen. It's important that we are rough and ready and sketchy at the beginning of the writing process, because otherwise we will get devoured by the two big enemies of all writers. And that's procrastination and perfectionism. Those twin demons, boy, they can do. I was waiting for the second P. I, I, thought, can... I hope she says perfectionism. <laughs> They will derail any process. And so That's I think right. it's helpful to be thinking about what are the unique goals of each step of the writing process. So when I talk about it, I really like to start not talking about writing so much as talking about pre-writing. Pre-writing is the stage of getting ready to write, gathering your raw materials. In an earlier podcast, we talked about the comparison between writing and cooking that you start your cooking process at the grocery store. You have to gather your materials together. And I love listening to writers talk about how they pre-write, how they prepare to write, that process of gathering their ideas. One novelist that I know who's been very successful, when he sparks an idea for a novel, he literally prepares a manila envelope. And as different scenes and bits of dialogue occur to him, he scribbles them on a yellow pad, tears the pages out, and puts them in his folder. When he has enough scenes gathered together, then he's ready. He just knows that he's ready to actually start writing. So pre-writing is all of the thinking and preparing and conversing and reading that's an important first step of the writing process. From there, we do our drafting stage, 
which I think is absolutely key. And again, I think if there's a secret to drafting a book, it's this. Lower your expectations for the first draft. Write with velocity. Write as fast as you can and as badly as you dare. Just get it down. A lot of times you'll hear working writers talk about putting the sand in the sandbox. That's what this drafting stage is. Just get all the stuff in there. Start working with it. Then be ready, pre-write, draft, and then revise. Revise is when you've sort of got all of that material gathered. You've got your beginning, your middle, your end. You've got your key components. But now you take a giant step backwards, and then you try to figure out these structural issues. Another big issue is focus. What is the story I'm trying to tell? And does everything, every sentence, every word, every scene contribute to that overall sense of that one thing I want people to come away with from my book? Focus is really important. You think about questions of audience. Am I really reaching one audience, one clear audience with the way that my text is unfolding? So pre-writing is your gathering. Drafting is your pencil sketch. Revising is your big picture overview, figuring out all of the major aspects of the architecture of your book. Well, it'd be really nice if we were done at that point. But there are two more stages that come after that. Once we've figured out what we want to say, how we want to say it, and what order it needs to be in, then we're ready to start editing. And the skill of editing, a lot of people think it's the same as finding your commas and your mistakes. It's like, no, editing is the art of saying it better. Now that I've figured out what I want to say, are there ways that I can say it with greater clarity, with greater confidence, with better examples, with more precise word choice, with more variety? That's the editing stage of the process. I would also add to what, find your idiosyncrasies. Oh, totally. Um, I mean, I I've always fall back on a certain sentence structure uh, and, and I can see it after I've written it, um, and those need to be addressed so you don't end up with a very rhythmic, <laughs> repetitive <laughs> sentence structure. I love it. That, that's brilliant. That's just brilliant. And you're exactly right. But uh, here's, here's the thing. If while I'm writing, I'm thinking to myself, gosh darn it, there I am with that sentence structure again, or oh gee, I can't, that's, I used that word already four times on this page, I can't do it again. If we're critiquing ourselves as we're composing, yeah. we're never going to make any forward progress, and we're going to dampen our enthusiasm. So we don't worry about some of those editing things or some of those mm -hmm. proofreading things in the drafting stage. We have to give ourselves freedom in the drafting stage to really pencil sketch it. Uh, I was working on a, a document this morning. I did a couple hours of writing before we had a chance to chat. And I was writing about a particular event in the life of the Inklings, and I couldn't remember the name of the place where they were meeting, and I couldn't remember the month. I remembered the year, but not the month. So as I was typing, my temptation was to get up and go look it up. Instead, mm -hmm. 
I wrote month question mark in all caps, right? And place question mark, right? In all caps. And I just kept moving forward. To me, that's one of the key magic tricks when we're composing, right? Is to just keep on making forward movement with velocity. But after we've done our pre-writing, we've got our drafting, we've done our revision and our editing, we're still not done. There's another step that I think is really crucial, and that's the simple proofreading. So to proofread something, very different from editing, to proofread something is to look for mistakes and fix them. Remember that editing is trying to say what we say better than we said it before. And that's really great. But ultimately, we have to make sure that there aren't distractions, uh, whether they're punctuation or grammar or other kinds of lapses. I don't know how many times uh, we've maybe written the wrong word, the word that we thought and the word that came out wasn't the same word, right? It happens when we talk as well as when we write. And so that proofreading step is another one that's really, really essential. So those are the five steps of the writing process that I will be unfolding and uh, explaining and encouraging in this first book that I'm working on for Barry Powell Press. Man, it's so clear. You've got such a great system and, and it lets an author know where they are and not to mess it up by trying to go faster or go to an end step, the last step, Um, before you get the other parts of the process down. Right. This has been really, really helpful. And uh, I've learned some things myself. I really appreciate you being here. Uh, How can people get in touch with you? I would love it if people would go on to dianaglier.com and they can subscribe to my occasional newsletter while they're there. I also have a number of videos. Most of them are dealing with insights into the friendship of C.S. Lewis and J.R.R. Tolkien and the various ways that their friendship brought out the best in each other. Those are YouTube videos. If they look for my name on YouTube, they'll be able to find a variety of videos on a number of different related topics. Well, thank you so much. I'm looking forward to future podcasts with you where we can do some more exploring together. Sounds like fun. Thank you for being here today. Oh, it's my pleasure. Good to talk with you, Carmen. If you like our program, send us a comment and visit us online at barrypowellpress.com.